podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, gang. We are coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Me, Propo, 20 minutes half an hour after the Chiefs have done it again. We're looking out over the field, the confetti-strewn field. Still plenty of Kansas City players out there doing media ops, basking in the glory of another comeback victory, another extraordinary victory propo. Why didn't I listen to myself? Why did I, why did you let me? Why did you let me back against Mahomes? But in all seriousness, when I was watching everything unfurl in the immediate few minutes after they did it once again, the thing that's going to haunt me for years, on the giant screens here at this incredible stadium, Carl Shanahan's face. Yeah. Just three seconds walking across the field, obviously, to shake Andy Reid's hand and go off. I mean, how the hell did the 49ers lose this game? The three biggest blown leads in Super Bowl history... Carl Shanahan was coaching in all of them. That will go down as one of the most incredible games we've ever seen. Yeah. But sadly, another one which is just going to haunt Carl Shanahan forever. Let's paint the picture of what it was like here because we were messaging each other. We were in a different section because our broadcast booth was over on one side of the at the level rod and you were over in the press section, on, which is the other opposite, opposite basically our broadcast booth. So we were chatting via WhatsApp. We were saying how intoxicatingly strange the atmosphere was which I guess Vegas has been uh, for for the Super Bowl week I know I've only I've only flown in last minute you've been here a bit longer but chatting to Will and Jeff there's been a quite a feral wild edgy vibe about the city and the game and the atmosphere in it felt the same well and also that was summed up perfectly with the most viral moment of the first half being Travis Kelsey screaming in the face of his head coach Andy <laughs> Reid having to be pulled away by one of his teammates from screaming in the face of his head coach because he was taken out of the play where Pacheco fumbled in the first quarter what we were also texting I mean are you going to have a better time to beat the Chiefs how ill-disciplined they were in the first half was insane McDuffie's, McDuffie's foul McDuffie's foul uh, and then you also had everyone was saying okay they got the three points at the end of the first half they're getting the ball first in the second half and you're thinking okay here we go classic Kansas Chiefs Kansas City Chiefs script, what happens? Mahomes throws an interception. Pick on the first drive. You first drive. The 10-3 up with the ball back. They were so vanilla in the opening few drives of, of the second half. They weren't going with McCaffrey at all, which was just head-scratchingly bizarre. Another situation where you're thinking, what is going on here with Shanahan and, and the play calling? You contrast that with the genius of Andy Reid at the end yeah. of that game. The play calling was phenomenal. And he was. we were discussing the decision for... Uh, the 49ers took in overtime yeah. not to defer, right? Now, the logic, and I'm sure this will come out in the presses that are probably happening right now, and we're going to go to tomorrow morning's ones, but the defense was puffed and banged up, so they wanted to give their D a break. That's why they took it. But the logic prevailing that if they, given the new overtime rules, if they had deferred, they would have known what they needed to do. And you saw that in perfect, perfect motion with Andy Reid and his play calling. He knew he was in four-down territory the whole time. So he was dialing up. There was a great, a great point Jeff made on the broadcast. Jeff Reinbold, of course, it, 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 if uh, it wasn't super clear. And I'm, by the way, 
first time he and I have worked together on a live broadcast and we loved it. He is a heavyweight and that was great fun. We really, really enjoyed that. We said straight after we wrapped and signed off air, we're going to do this again. He made a brilliant point where he said, well, it's third and 14, I think, uh, for Andy, or second and 14, whatever. Second and 14, second yeah. Second and 14. And he knew he only did six, yeah. eight yards, right? Because he's in four down territory. So the play calling of Andy Reid, clutch, obviously the execution of Mahomes clutch, Kelsey, second half, he picked up one receiving yard in the first half. Second yard in overtime, everything else. But as you just said to me as I walked over, we were discussing the game, Greenlaw's injury. Huge. Huge. Absolutely massive. I mean, he's been one of the best, and we said it in the edge rush, you said it in the mic show last Monday, he is one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL, and he was doing such a great job on Travis Kelsey. He was one of the reasons why Kelsey was so frustrated in that first half. One of the reasons why Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs were so frustrated in that first half. Him going down and the way he goes down, just running on the field, tearing an Achilles. How unfortunate can you be? Just one yeah. of the many things that did ultimately go against the 49ers well, Debo, let, let's look at those. Debo, I mean, he, was, he wasn't right. You know, He's the, always banged up, though, isn't he, Debo? Yeah, That's he is always banged up. The, how many, that, both of the, the, the manner in which they hurt themselves was... Bizarre. Bizarre. You had, obviously, Moody's, Moody breaking the, the Super Bowl field goal record. Yeah. Then missing an extra point. And also not leaving with the Super, <laughs> Super Bowl field goal record because then Buck can take it from him. <laughs> so literally he doesn't even have that to take home. Do you know what I love? I know we're, we're probably zipping around a million miles an hour, but hey, this is the Super Bowl in Vegas, baby. What do you expect? I love the fact that Mahomes shouted out Butker yeah. in, his, in, in, his, uh, in his speech at the end there. And again, the point was made on our broadcast on Talk Sport. For all of the positioning, inevitably, the positioning of the Chiefs is pantomime villains now because they're the best in the business they have a spirit amongst them which you have to applaud mm -hmm. all of the all of the key protagonists that got up there so Andy Reid um, celebrating Spags in the defense Mahomes shouting out Butker Kelsey shouting out all his teammates down there their moment it wasn't all about look how great we are I mean never would be with Reid but for all the bravado and, uh, and the beastie boys wrist from from Kelsey this is a lock solid team and you've got it's not a coincidence no it's not and i think one thing that we've got to talk about as well is i think that for the sake of the nfl we should split up steve spagnolo and patrick mahomes i don't <laughs> yeah, think it's yeah, fair yeah, yeah. that they're fair. playing together because obviously spags is known as the guy who stopped tom brady the way that Spagnolo, I mean, what did Kittle had one catch? I know he got injured yep. near the end. I think Kittle had one catch. Less than 50 yards for Debo receiving. Less than 50 yards for Brandon Ayuk receiving. The only people that beat them was one incredible play by Jawan Jennings. Yep. And then another incredible play by Jawan Jennings, both throwing the ball and catching the ball. Yeah. Spags took away this star-studded offense, one yep. of the best offense we've seen in NFL history in their efficiency. And yes, Brock Purdy had an incredible first quarter and looked so calm and composed, but that's what Spags does. And that's what great defensive coordinators do they make adjustments yeah and what an incredible set of adjustments Spags made to ultimately stop this 49ers offense in their tracks and give the opportunity for this Kansas City Chiefs team to go and win the Super Bowl again Patrick Mahomes has never led at halftime in a Super Bowl he's never led at halftime in a Super Bowl and he's won three out of four and I can't believe we are eight minutes into this yeah. without really talking about the fact that Patrick Mahomes not only threw for what 330 yards yeah. completely orchestrated the whole game incredibly clutch as he always is and looking incredibly calm but ultimately when his receivers weren't getting it done when Kelsey wasn't open when Rice wasn't open 
he ran it. He was Sounds the leading like, rusher yeah, yeah. for the team yeah, yeah, yeah. in this game. Yeah. 66 yards on nine, on nine carries, and every single one was so important. Yeah. The amount of third and ones where Pacheco wasn't getting it, so he just ended up doing himself. Fourth and one, he ended up doing himself every single time. Patrick Mahomes is, I think, Nat, we have been fortunate enough to witness tonight, the other Super Bowls we've been to see where he's won it, not only one of the greatest athletes or the greatest quarterbacks in this sport, one of the greatest athletes to ever walk this planet. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the, the clutchness of Mahomes again was extraordinary. It just never felt, just like that Super Bowl in Houston, I remember being with Phil, Phil Spooner, Phil the producer, and we talked about as the Patriots started to build a little bit of momentum and they got one score back, we never thought they were out of it. And as they got closer and closer to the Falcons, it was just, it was inevitable. They were good at there was there was no doubt in our minds. Now I wouldn't go that far tonight because it was one of those games. It was I mean we haven't talked about of course the the muff punt and the shambolic. There's so much oh happened in this game. Honestly, it's one of the craziest games yeah. I've ever witnessed. Because I mean the first half was just mistake after mistake after mistake. Yeah. It felt like yeah, yeah. who had McCaffrey fumble on the first drive on their bingo card. McCaffrey fumbling after after by the way it, it, the immediate six plays that preceded it looking at red hot offense and that then McCaffrey fumbles like the first time forever. At, at one point the most notable thing about the production in the game was both punters had 200 yards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought Wisnowski was, was actually going to win MVP at one point. Somebody was saying they, they, they couldn't find either punter to, to, like in real time live odds to back MVP. <laughs> Fitzstairs would have taken care of them, whichever, wherever you were going. So that, that, there was that. The um, Can we talk about Andy Reid's play call right at the end as well? So when they got goal to go, yeah. just running the clock down and bam. I mean, that was... Gutsy. So Frank Sinatra in the background, by the way. I can't uh, I can't concentrate when there's old blue eyes. Let's, wanna, let's have a bit of old blue eyes for a moment. Yeah. I hope you can pick this up in the background. Oh, it's bringing a tear to my eye. Hey, maybe we'll find some karaoke later on. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll do some Frank for you. Um, you ultimately ruin this song. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will destroy this song later on. Yeah, the play call, the gutsy play call of, of Andy Reid at the end, letting the clock run down when everybody thought that he's going to call a timeout, including, yeah. by the look of it, the 49ers defensive staff. I mean, just brilliant. Because he wouldn't have had a chance to get two plays away there. It no. was, I mean, a go for the jugular call. It pays off. And who is it, of course? McCall Hardman. McCall Hardman had three, <laughs> three catches tonight. The massive, explosive play in the first half. Obviously, the touchdown. Another, another key catch. He said one catch in seven games or something. Like, well, one catch in six I, I games. I thought he was a jet five minutes ago, wasn't he? <laughs> the, you know, the only thing that I'm really disappointed about is Kadarius Tony as a scratch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, this game, the way you play yeah, that, it was made for it, Kadarius 100%, Tony. 100%. He would have had two fumbles and three touchdowns the way this game was being played. So the third ring for Reed, yeah. and obviously Mahomes. But let's concentrate on Reed for a minute because it puts this mm -hmm. Chiefs offense in that inner circle now with Chuck Noll Steelers, Bill Walsh in the 49ers, obviously the Packers, the, the Cowboys, these great teams, the Finns that are, that are regarded as legendary teams in the history of the NFL. Now Mahomes has reached this level of success and accolade at such a frenetic speed. 
I mean, it is game on, isn't it? That he could challenge Brady. Are we getting, we're getting there to that position. I would say that I was going to ask you one of my opening lines is, do you think Brady's nervous? I think he, I must, think he, be be quite, he must be quite nervous. Mahomes is 28. Yeah. He's, what, six seasons starting, four Super Bowls that he's been at, three, yeah. won three, six AFC Championship games. Yeah. Also, in one of the most competitive conferences yeah. we've seen, you've got Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. And divisions as well. Like he's, I know, I know yeah. this year they have, the West hasn't been as strong as usual, but yeah. It's absolutely insane. I think ultimately you have to start being nervous if you are Tom Brady because Patrick Mahomes, you can just never count him out. Mm. This season like, is like no other for them because they have been counted out. As you said, the fact that McCall Hardman caught it is poetic justice because it was all these extra pieces that you've talked about all season long who have been letting them down. They had the most drop passes in the NFL. They had more turnovers than they've had in previous seasons with Patrick Mahomes. And yet they've still managed to win the Super Bowl. They've managed to go on the road to Buffalo, to Baltimore, and then they've beaten easily, easily the best team in the NFC, let's be honest. They were comfortably the best team in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. And they've come back from 10 points down and they've beaten them. Yep. Everything was against the Kansas City Chiefs this year. They lost Eric Bieniemy. Everyone was saying that was going to be the issue. That was going to be the crux of it. That's why the offense wasn't working. They've had to completely transform the offense yep. from the first time they beat the 49ers back in Super Bowl 54. It's not like that anymore. It's not an explosive offense. It's completely changed what Mahomes and Andy Reid have done. And yes, the majority of this playoffs, the majority of the latter end of the season, they relied heavily on Rice and Kelsey. And I know Kelsey had a massive second half, but there was huge plays by Valdez Scantling in yeah. the playoffs and today. Yeah. There was a huge play ultimately by McCole Hard Noah Gray got involved. Justin Watson had yeah, 50 yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. They really did start utilizing these pieces that everyone said had absolutely no chance. Right. So the fact that the Chiefs have now won the Super Bowl not only three times in the six years that Mahomes has been a starter, but also ultimately in three completely different ways. Right. Terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's so well put, so eloquently put. You think about, and look, I am obviously an idiot. We know this. <laughs> for, for backing against... What I've been pushing all season long, which was, and look, there is so much I get wrong on the show, but we talked about this anti-Chiefs diatribe, and the logic was, if they can be good enough to make the playoffs, which looked likely, I don't think many people thought they were going to fall out of the playoffs, unless I'm misremembering that, but they're going to be one and done in the wild card round. If they get a seat at the table, all of the key things we've talked about tonight, Reed, Spagnola, Mahomes, Kelsey, that tandem. Give you a shot. Yeah. And to your point, the recalibration and the next-gen Chiefs offense we saw in particular in the final stages of the season in the playoffs, when it's underpinned by this brilliant defense and certainly brilliant defensive stylings of Spags, is, is a joy to behold and extraordinary stuff once again. So definitely this team is now one of the great NFL franchises. Mahomes is on course to be up there. I mean, is he top five now? Whatever happens, I think he must be, yeah. right? I think he's got to be with I think so. With Montana, obviously with Brady, Elway. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this gets interesting. That's going to be a good postseason show. Let us know what you think at the NC show. Where's Mahomes in the power rankings now? Because, I mean, yeah, he could be, could be 
too. He as, might be uh, too. As, as everyone knows, my day job is producing the TalkSport Breakfast Show, which I probably should be doing in about two hours' time. But funnily enough, I'm probably going to be in a casino somewhere. So uh, You've roped me into going on that whilst we're about yeah, to be uh, in a casino. We will be going to a casino after this. I need to make back some money that I put yeah. on uh, Debo Samuel over receiving yardage. But ultimately, I said to Ali McCoist, who obviously co-hosts the show, mm. he asked me about Patrick Mahomes after he uh, beat the Buffalo Bills and I said to Ali McCoy I said I'm going to be completely honest with you Ali I think he's the greatest to ever do it personally because of the way he does it because of what he's achieved the greatest to ever do it the greatest to ever do it because of just in terms of him as an actual quarterback the explosiveness but then also the fact that he's adapted his game to also be a game manager and to be able to basically adapt to whatever situation he's put in and succeed in it and also to just be he has the same level of clutchness that Tom Brady has he has the Mm. same level of calmness that Tom Brady has in his situations me and Tom Scholes the social media producer were sitting next to each other and every single time and it literally happened every single time you just like they've given the ball back to Mahomes it happened at the end regular game at yeah. the uh, regular time yeah. and it happened as when they took the field goal in overtime as well and it has that inevitability already in his early stage of his career where you're like you just can't do that yeah. and I'm yet to be proven wrong when it comes to that it's a great distinction you make because this is obviously the one that was applied to Marino who never won a Super Bowl the, the, I guess when you think about the calibre of player for a long time it was Manning over Brady Peyton Manning over Brady, obviously mm-hmm. not Eli much. I like to fly that flag. Uh, and even Rogers, you know, for a long time, you know, Rogers is a better quarterback than. So it's the it's the overall output and overall gameplay versus or a version of that versus with success added on for bonus points, right? And and I do think obviously Mahomes has, has got both whether he's got enough yet to outweigh the success that Brady's achieved, combined with the fact that, as we've talked about recently with with Purdy, the game manager type role is underestimated because you have these explosive players, all the big arms of, of you know, like Marino. So yeah, it's something we should get into in the off season for sure. I want to lane change a minute. Usher. I knew you were going to, I knew that was going to happen. I think... This you, is bold. you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think that was a top three all-time Super Bowl show. I like the way I've just said the Patrick Rose is the greatest of all time and you just come in with us. Show. This <laughs> yeah. is the most hot takey we've ever been. Yeah. This man, is this insane. Is really I mean, take. I'm so surprised, though. Do you know what I have to say? Because I have been... I wasn't that excited when it was announced, yeah. I'll be honest. I'm yeah. not necessarily a huge Usher fan. I Same. don't listen to him that much. Same. But what I... Considering there was an extra two minutes that yeah. he got for the Super Bowl, first time ever, and I sat next to Tom Scholes, as I said... That 15 minutes absolutely flew by. Yeah. It was action-packed. Every single contributor, Ludacris was amazing. The roller skating was absolutely sensational. And ultimately, we're in Vegas. And although I wouldn't say like he is has as many hits as, say, um, Rihanna. Doesn't have as many Rihanna, hits as Rihanna. He obviously doesn't have the legacy of yeah, literally yeah, yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. who appeared in LA. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you'd argue it's similar to Shakira and J-Lo. I mean, yeah, he does. The thing is, this is, this, I'm with you. I've never been a big Usher fan, yeah. particularly. Like, I'm not against it, but he's never really rocked my world. Few, a few of his tracks, maybe. Like, okay, great. And, and was emphasized again today. But He's an he, entertainer. He's a, he's a hell of an entertainer. He's got legacies. I mean, I hadn't realized the depth of his canon. Yeah. And the cut through he's had, the impact he's had. But he's an entertainer, and that is—that's what you need for. I mean, what I really respected about his performance. And look, 
I won't go out now and, and become an usher devotee no. and buy all his stuff. But for a Super Bowl halftime performance, it was the fact that for a lot of it, or a chunk of it anyway, it was just, particularly early on as well, how gutsy it is as a performer. It was basically just him. Or yeah. okay, him and Alicia Keys for a bit, but like him. Yeah. On a big white circular stage yeah. and nothing. Just let his move, movement, his dancing, and his voice do the talking. And he captivated everyone was locked in on him. And, oh. I mean, he, talk about charisma and X Factor. Just. Um, I mean, have you noticed this before? I, well, standing ovation everywhere we looked. Yep. I'm not sure that's always happened at the halftime show. I mean, it definitely didn't with Maroon 5. Definitely didn't with Maroon 5. <laughs> it might have done with Rihanna. It definitely happened in LA. I mean, I won't oh, yeah, like LA to me yeah. is always going to be yeah, the goat. The goat because of what? I'm just with because you. Of the hist- just because of the history on stage. Obviously, Prince is going to be up there. So I think Usher, maybe I'd put top five. I'm not necessarily going to say top three yeah. right now. I'd probably think have to about go back it, and but watch I might them. be leaning top three. Obviously, yeah. Springsteen because he's the boss. Yeah, exactly. You're right, Dre and the, and the West Coast. And that was a special Super Bowl for me anyway. But this was up there. It's up there. Okay, maybe I'm getting a bit heady with all of the, the chaos we've seen. But I would say top five. I'd love to know what you guys think at home. Because it's so, certainly divided. Ben hated it. Hated it. Do you so think this buddy Starlight Express he wrote? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that we it was better in stadium? Do you Must, think? Yeah, this, yeah. And there was always that danger, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm really interested to find out. Because the lighting, obviously, we all had these the gadgets amazing. on. Yeah, the, yeah, lanyards, the lighting, yeah. the light, the lanyards we all had on, the lighting around, and I don't think I necessarily came through on the television just because the whole stadium lit up. Obviously, we're indoors, we're in Vegas, but as you said, ultimately, it was pure raw entertainment. It was fast-paced. Yeah, you didn't really know what was going to happen next at any point. No yeah, one really yeah, saw yeah. the rollerblading coming. He did 88 songs. <laughs> yeah, he literally felt like he did 88 songs. Oh, do I win for? Because you know, he started playing my way first, and then he flipped into something else. Does that count as first song? Oh, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, that is going to be serious really controversy. Oh, yeah, that is going to be serious. Did, did you back it? Did you yeah, back it? Yeah, I backed oh, my way. As soon as you start coming in, I was like, yeah. And then it, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing if that's the only bet that you win the whole of the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. is because there was two seconds of my way by us. I'd say the whole, the whole thing, because especially the first half, let's be honest, I got a couple of texts mm. because, as I've said on a podcast before, a lot of my friends, especially all my friends who sport, um, who love football, soccer, traditionally, don't necessarily like the NFL. And a mm. lot of them would have stayed up, especially for the early part, starting at 11:30. Yeah. In London, I won't lie. I think we would have lost a lot of, a lot of casuals. Oh yeah. Oh, by definitely. about quarter past twelve, half twelve, definitely. because it was, dry. as we said, yeah, it was for, dry. For, for the, not for us. No. We were like, it was compelling. deeply fascinated by Capelli, yeah. but for the for the casual or. or Full of mistakes, distinct lack of points. Pointless first quarter, I believe, was it 3-0? No, it was pointless first quarter, and then they got a field goal immediately at the start of the second quarter. And I thought you'd have lost a lot of people, and God, did they miss out, because the NFL is ultimately all about the finale. It's all about the script. Mm. And as they always say, I mean, could you have had a better script? I mean, there was so... I wasn't obviously watching on the screen, so I don't know, but I know that Ollie Gill, obviously a friend of the show, was he won his bet of over seven and a half Taylor Swift appearances on TV. Of course So there must have been quite a few Taylor Swift... She, I did witness her potentially down a pint, which was one of yeah. the more embarrassing things yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen in terms of like, I think she quite realized halfway through the pint that she didn't like beer. You know, when you kind was of Was it a beer? Because we couldn't see from, yeah. I uh, mean, what else would it have been? Apple what, juice? Wine? Wine. I mean, if, or it could fair, if it was wine, yeah. credit to her. That is a real <laughs> tough <laughs> down. But neat it looked like she got, it wasn't a full beer. It looked like she got halfway and then yeah. realized, oh God, what have I done? Yeah. Why am I doing this in front of the whole world? The world. And then credit to her, she did finish it. But obviously the amount of Taylor Swift we saw as Travis 
as Kelsey was making his speech, it pretty much just cut between him going Viva Las Vegas to Taylor Swift, Viva Las Vegas to Taylor Swift. Do you think, with obviously the overtime rules being changed, us being able to witness it here, the second ever time we've seen an overtime in the Super Bowl, mm. they always laugh, they always joke about the scripting, but honestly, could it, could it have gone any better? I, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> it's incredible that it played out like that. I, and, you know, with, with her... With the whole Taylor Swift thing, with her on the field at the end, I thought she was quite understated about it. Everyone yeah. makes a big thing of, oh, look at look at them lording it up in the box. She's celebrating her yeah. boyfriend doing well. Like, why just stop with the Taylor Swift hate, for the love of God? She's a heavyweight. Oh, my God. She's, a, I think, really good for the game. If she's bringing new people to the game, great, fine, good, happy with that. Stop being so cynical and negative and just miserable about the Taylor Swift. I think I think she sound good luck to them. I hope they have a I hope they have a cracking night. Hey, we might run into them, mate, to be honest. We might I doubt we're gonna be in the same circles as Taylor Swift I and Travis know, Kelsey. I, I could mate, I could see them just let's go sort of let's just go to the floor of the MGM. I think that might be a sign of your age now. I think another <laughs> sign of how out of touch you actually are. Mate, Do you think on. that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are going to be able to survive if they walk into the public of insanely drunk Kansas City Chiefs fans and also a lot of 49ers fans probably drowning their sorrows in both like gambling and like I don't think days. it's necessarily what they're going to do and you I imagine to be able to shoot craps with Frank and Dino in this town. To imagine <laughs> no. the Vegas the Vegas Chiefs party. I mean he always says it Travis Kelsey's uh, catchphrase, you've got to fight for your right to party. They have, they have deserved it more than anything. They have earned their right to party tonight. I mean, that is going to be absolutely sensational. I can't wait to see all of Jackson Mahomes' TikToks that will come out as a result of that as well. They are <laughs> going to be absolutely no, electric. I draw the line at Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so final thoughts, Propo, as we look over. And the field is, uh, is emptying out now. And it's that always arresting moment at a Super Bowl when the seats are pretty much empty. It's mainly media like us kind of finishing off finishing off our bits. Obviously the presses are going on right now down in the in the uh, the bowels of the stadium and uh, that's where Will Gavin is for example. We talk sport. He's gone to pick up a bunch of interviews down there. Oh and man I felt for him and he was a pro. He called that straight down the middle of the game. For I'm sure all our listeners know, but he's a massive 49ers fan. It's the second time. If they get to the Super Bowl again, I'm not sure he's going to let me call the game with him. Well, have you heard that? No, no. Have you heard the Super Bowl, the TalkSport curse? Yeah, because there was... The last four Super Bowls. You and the Bengals. Me and the Bengals. Ollie Wilson and the Eagles. And then the one before that was obviously Will and the 49ers, the one before that. So So if Miami made the Super Bowl next year. Exactly. If Miami made the Super Bowl next year. I'm just just going to duck out gracefully. Yeah. Um, Well, I would say that's all she wrote for the season. I've got a question for for the season. Oh, go on. So we've done quite a lot of hot takes here. You've put Usher in immediately into a top three. <laughs> yeah, I've put Mahomes at number one, which yeah, may yeah. be a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm just going for it Vegas because I love Vegas is the greatest bias. city in the world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You obviously have been working on this sport for probably, what, now 75 years? Yeah. I think it is. Getting yeah. on for 20. It's getting <laughs> on it's yeah. for, it's 17 now, I think. 17. Yeah. Covered so many Super Bowls and watched so many before that. It's been such mm. a big part of your life. Where does this Super Bowl rank for you in terms of just pure entertainment and drama which is exactly what the nfl is all about well i mean it's a great question and we are heady right you're bound to be you'd have to have a harder stone not not to be so it's probably one that does need a bit of reflection before a hot take us out of business i want it now but i would say i mean definitely top three most intriguing yes 
it, it, I don't, I don't really looking forward to catching up with people at home and did it, did it play out of like that at home and how did it feel? But in here, the combination of it was a 49ers crowd, but there's still enough, enough Chiefs fans in here to, to make that kind of 65-35 vibe quite interesting. The, the tension, obviously, but it really, I think, with the acoustics here, the weird game that was still brilliantly compelling. All of these factors. And yeah, like, like we said at the top of the show, the raw energy of Vegas during Super Bowl week. And look, I you know, I flew in last last minute so I've only had a, a much shorter period of time than I normally would at a Super Bowl being there a week but uh, it, I think it's going to go up there as amongst my most favourite Yeah. even though I don't know where it ranks in terms of all time greats no I need to think about that more yeah I think what about you? That's not, I think you've summed that up really well I don't necessarily know as you said we probably do need more reflection to talk about it as an actual game but in terms of entertainment and intrigue yeah and the fact that we're in vegas the build up to it the atmosphere this morning where you kind of felt as you said it was visceral it felt tense it was just you felt like there was mobsters walking around you know it had yeah. that kind of tension to Big it and that kind of sinister element to but it definitely, as well. well yeah it definitely has had that because we had that bit of that in miami when yeah. we, went the, when we went to the boxing oh and that my was like a, in this warehouse club and it was old school fight fans YouTubers, yeah. kids who follow the YouTubers, porn and stars. gangsters with porn stars. <laughs> yeah. That was the weirdest thing. Yeah. That was really weird. Vegas was like, Vegas be like that, yeah. blown up cartoon-like by a thousand. Oh, and the fact that the whole stadium has like black seats, obviously for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. It just feels dark. The fact that you've got that torch still lit over there as well. It's just the fact that you had streakers coming on mid-play. The streakers mid-play. They didn't even call the play back. They just let the play run while the streakers were <laughs> at the other end of the field. Two of them managed the to get streaker. on. Yeah, there's two of them managed to get on. But the, it, but yeah. the stadium is all you're right. Feet, I mean, I know everyone calls it the, the, you know, the death star. It's But it is quite ominous. And, it, and it, with the... Uh, particularly now as well at night, with um, the structure of it with the translucent roof, it, it feels like if, if you were to do your very best at saying it's the year 2387 at oh, yeah. Super Bowl, whatever it is, 200 and whatever. Mahomes is still winning. In space. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. just traveling through space. Yeah, literally, we could be in space <laughs> we could right be in now. Space. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the gang are going to think we've taken some kind of a least <laughs> This has, been one of the, this has been one of the wildest podcasts that we've ever done. I think, it's, I think it's perfectly apt for the <laughs> yeah. game we've just seen and the experience we've just had. Uh, we will get out of Dodge, though. I was going to say we're going to wrap this season, obviously, but the good news is we are far from wrapping the show. I've trailed this a few times, I think, in, in recent weeks. We're rolling all through the offseason, and we always do, but we're going to try and keep the pace up this offseason. We're going to try and keep uh, a lot of pods coming your way, a lot more video coming your way. We've got... We've got a lot of plans for the show. And Ol and I were saying, actually, earlier on today when we were uh, in the stadium before the game kicked off, we're going to let the dust settle, grab, uh, grab a bite to eat and really start to think about the stuff we want to do next and, and where we want to take it. But we've had a brilliant year down largely to you guys supporting us, listening to us, engaging with us, spreading the word. We couldn't have a show without you. We talked about that before when we got the award nod and... We massively appreciate all of your support and we love doing it. We're going to keep on rolling content your way. So watch this space is the sign off from Las Vegas. Right. Final words. Final words. 
from me. Go for it. Mahomes is inevitable. And then the final words from me are coming from Mahomes is what he said, which is the Chiefs should never be underdogs. Never be underdogs. Are we going to be underdogs in the casino that we're going to inevitably oh, land? 100%. I'm looking forward. Can we find the one where they have the, I don't know if it's still here anymore, but the last time I was in Vegas was 20 years ago. And we found a casino where they had, we talked about it on the show, I'm sure, when we talk about Sigma Derby. We've got to go find Sigma Derby, mm-hmm. otherwise we'll never hear the end of it. Um, where they have 80s pop stars dressed up uh, lookalikes of the croupiers. So you're like Tina Turner and Prince as the croupiers. Let's go, find, <laughs> let's go find that place. You might That might be the hotel you're staying in. That it probably is. Though, the hotel I'm staying in is pretty weird. Yeah, that is also quite strange. So we're going to go and hit the town. Uh, we will be back. Me and I and Mike on Wednesday, I think, is uh, getting uh, the big man's Super Bowl debrief. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him and uh, watch this space. More shows coming your way imminently, gang. But from me and Propo from Vegas, good night. Podcast Network.